Gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Bulls on Tap. I am your boy Buzz, and I am joined by my dude, Bull Scripted, aka Keith France, for episode two. I want to thank everybody for episode one. It went really well, and uh, we're back for episode two to talk some free agency and anything else that's going on. So, Keith, how you doing, man? A little hot, a little sweaty, AC's out, but uh, other than that, doing good. Kind of excited for free agency tomorrow, though I think it's going to be a little quiet for the Bulls. I don't think they're going to throw any big offers out there like a lot of the teams will be doing because that would limit them uh, going forward. So I don't expect any big offers going out, but I am really excited to see what the hell they add to this team. Yeah, so just getting right into free agency, I did see, and this is the whole reason before we came on the air here to to start talking, was... uh, I saw the Bulls were talking to Darren Collison, and then he just surprisingly retired at 31 years old, like you had mentioned before we started recording, was uh, you know to to focus on his faith. So they are still looking for that veteran point guard. It looks like, and I mean, there's there's some that are out there. There's a plethora of them that are out there that are interesting. You know, we're hearing that the Bulls um, are rumored to be talking, uh, wanting to talk to Patrick Beverly along with the Mavs, and he's taking meetings in Los Angeles. Um, you know, we have. Uh, Oh, this Malcolm Brogdon situation, which I would love to hear your thoughts on that. So we're going to get into that in a minute. You have Ricky Rubio, uh, Derek Rose. I mean, there's a Corey Joseph. So many point guards that are out here that, you know, and I think the Derek Rose stuff got shut down already, but he's still out there or whatever. But I, I'd love to hear your opinions on, on all these veteran point guards the Bulls are looking at and where you would want to see them go or, or what do you think they're going to do? Well, Beverly is definitely at the top of my list. I think his versatility, his competitiveness, and his defensive prowess all kind of fit into what we need and as well as what we need to get the most out of Kobe White and maybe even Chris Dunn. Uh, he also fits like a glove with Zach Levine. He's a very low usage player. I think he was an 11% usage player last year. He takes about two-thirds of his shots from three-point land. Shot 38%, uh, and he's just an elite defender. So I think his fit on our roster with Zach, who's very ball-dominant, just makes a lot of sense. Seeing him come home to Chicago would be kind of cool, but I do think that price tag might get a little high. What are your thoughts on Pat Bev? I like Pat Bev a lot. Um, You know, I I feel that he would fit the team really well. We do need – you know, we do need – a good, you know, defensive presence uh, in that starting lineup because, you know, at least, you know, OPJ and Wendell Carter Jr. are very good defensively, but, you know, a veteran such as Patrick Beverly who kind of fits the mold that we're looking for I think would be really cool to have. I mean, you know, he contributed to 4.8 win shares last year, which isn't horrible, you know. I mean, he was doing his thing. He, um, I think he's a good fit. I just don't know how much I want to pay him. And at 30 years old, it's not a bad it's not a bad move to make. He's not his game isn't built off that pure athleticism kind of thing. This is the kind of guy that stays 
consistent and decent for years and has a long NBA career. And I'd like to see him come on over to the Bulls. I I don't understand the obsession with Malcolm Brogdon, who people want, because Pat Bev is going to come cheaper than Malcolm Brogdon. And with the Bulls having $23 million or so in cap space, Brogdon's going to be commanding, what What do you think, 20 so he's huh? gonna, you know, he's gonna take pretty much all of that. Twenty is the rumor, but twenty is also rumored to be a number that's not quite high enough to where Milwaukee would blink. They'd just match the offer. They've been trying to do some roster juggling and free up cap because they have Middleton and Brogdon to sign. So, you know, it's very likely that they let Brogdon go for the right price. But is twenty million the right price? He is coming off the fifty forty ninety season. He was the only player to do that last year, and those are. You know, it's a coveted milestone, but I still see him as a complimentary player that just isn't worth that kind of money. We took on Otto Porter Jr., and if it wasn't for the fact that his contract is only valid for two more years, I probably would have been upset with that. Um, But his contract expires right before Lowry's. If we sign Brogdon to $80 million over four years... Wendell, Lowry, and Zach are all going to need a new contract by the time his contract's up, and that just doesn't sound good to me. Yeah, it doesn't sound good to me either. Uh, You know, it doesn't sound good to me either. I want to dive a little bit more into this Brogdon stuff with you. Uh, So my opinion on Malcolm Brogdon, do I think he's an effective NBA player? Yes, I do. I think he's a good NBA player. Um, I'm getting really sick and tired of the 50-40-90 stuff that uh, we keep hearing about him. And the the reason I say that, Keith, is because this guy plays with a lot of talented players, and I feel like he's sometimes an afterthought. You know, I mean, you got, look at the lineup that he was in. Eric Bledsoe, Chris Middleton, Greek Freak, Brooke Lopez. I mean, you had guys on that team that really took uh, the opposing defense's attention away. And I'm not saying that Brogdon's not talented and he didn't create or anything like that, but I just feel like the, for the money that he's going to be commanding, he he needs to be, like, hypothetically say, like, that 1B player, you know, like you have your 1A, right? And then you have your 1B, and I don't see him as a 1B. I don't. I don't know how you feel, but I don't see him as a 1B player. I don't see him as the second best player on a championship squad. I don't see him as a 1B. I don't see him as a top three player on a championship team, and that's why I don't see the point in paying him $20 million. I do think his fit with Levine is nice. I do think his versatility is nice. Obviously... Shooting numbers all but speak for themselves. He did shoot 43% on 3.8 attempts, so it's not like you know he was shooting Chris Dunn attempts and you know making just hitting at a higher clip or whatever. Yeah, exactly. So he is a little bit better volume three-point shooter, but at the same time, I I just I don't see the appeal for the 20 million dollars. He's coming off a foot injury; those tend to linger. And I just think that it would be a mistake to commit that kind of money to him long term. As where Patrick Beverly, probably going to have to overpay to get Pat Bev too. But hopefully you can get him for a year with a team option or two years with a team option. But either way, you're not going to handicap yourself going forward. You still get the upgrade you need. And hopefully by the time his contract's up or the Bulls, Uh, see enough from Kobe White to move him like we saw last year with Trevor Ariza and the Suns. They paid Ariza 15 mil up front. They ended up turning Ariza into Kelly Oubre. Right, yeah, yeah, yep, yep. So, you know, you get the right veteran. Playoff teams are always going to want Patrick Beverly on their team. 
even if you got to take on a bad contract, he's somebody that I think is a trade asset at the very least is where I don't see Malcolm Brogdon garnering much trade value on a $20 million long-term contract. It'll be like an Otto Porter Jr. situation. Teams will be looking for a bad expiring contract to just trade him for so he's off their cap moving forward. Right, right, and I, I agree with that. I could see that. Um, another um, point guard I want to bring up real quick to you is just because I've been seeing this name pop, a lot, uh, pop around a lot in Bulls Twitter. What do you think about Ricky Rubio maybe coming off the bench, depending on what kind of contract you can get on him? I don't think he's going to want to come off the bench. I think that's going to be the selling point for Rubio. So you think that they need to sell him to be a starter in this offense with the sh- all the shooters around him? But I, I, I don't know if I would want him to start, to be honest. I don't. That's the thing. I don't. <laughs> Chris Dunn, two of the point guards that keep getting rumored are Chris Dunn's old teammates. Ricky Rubio, who started ahead of Chris in Minnesota, and Tyus Jones, who was the third string behind both of them. <laughs> Yeah, And the other name that keeps coming up is Terry Rozier. And I think Terry Rozier and Chris Dunn are fairly similar players. I think Rozier's probably better offensively, where Dunn's better defensively. But they're just so similar, and these names keep coming up. And I'm like, I know Chicago hates Chris Dunn, but he is not as bad as making it... It sounds like, oh, we have to go spend an absurd amount of cap space on a guy who's incrementally better than Chris Dunn. No, that just that doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, so you're, I'm battling with that as well. I don't like the fact that it's funny to me because, like, you kind of hit the nail on the head. It's it's like, man, well, you know, Chris Dunn sucks so bad, so I am willing to give Malcolm Brogdon or Terry Rozier $20 million a year. And it's like, really? Like, I'm not. And the reason I'm not, like, don't get me wrong, Scary Terry is very talented player. The guy has an offensive game. He can score at will. He can score at will. He is a very good offensive player. But in our, I am looking <clears throat> for a point guard that can that can break down opposing defenses in the paint and kick the ball out to the you know to the four shooters that you know his four teammates that are all shooters. That's what I'm looking for. Chris Dunn coming off our bench as the backup point guard is still to me it still works. But again, as we mentioned in our first episode, I'm a little bit worried about bench scoring. That, um, you know, I do think that we might need somebody on our bench that can come and provide a spark. Because right now, as your bench looks, it's Hutchinson, <clears throat> um, Hutchinson, Valentine, Daniel Gafford, um, Chris Dunn, if Kobe White starts, uh, Felicio. I mean, we don't have a, a, guy, a microwave on our, you know, come and get hot right away on our bench. And I think that's something that we need to look for. I think we need to look for something like that. You know, maybe... You know, I don't know if Ricky Rubio really fits that mold, per se, but, I mean, you know, it's hard to say. It's hard to say. There's another guy that the Bulls are rumored for as well, and that's Ennis Cantor. Did you see that today? I saw it yesterday. I don't know how much of a rumor it is or if it's just a murmur. Um, You know, I don't think it's too serious. I'm not the biggest fan of that idea, but we do need big man depth. I'd probably point right to Taj Gibson just because. Right, he's been rumored heavily to be he, coming back. No, yeah, Mark Shinowski keeps dropping hints. Yeah. Um, but I, I think Taj just embodies the culture and the veteran and everything that we want. Uh, Cantor, kind of, he's really corny, kind of a little out there. But you do know what you're getting. He sucks at defense, but he is an offensive player. 
and he does care and he gives his all. So while he's corny and he's got weird sayings like the playoffs make his nipples hard and that that, that made me laugh. Oh, <laughs> um, it still gets and, me. <laughs> I don't and, know and, why. At the same time, you know he cares and you know he's going to come in with a family mentality, which the Bulls do have. So, you know, when someone's part of your family, you look past their weird little idiosyncrasies and you move on. He's uh, kind so of an enforcer on the court, too. And I, I me personally, I, I like having that on my team. And, you know, a guy who's not afraid to get in somebody's face, you know. No, yeah. So where he's weird and kind of has his downsides, he does have the upsides and you know what you're getting with them so while it wouldn't be my first option uh on the right contract having him come off the bench i don't see how that's a bad thing it's definitely a felicio upgrade um so from that aspect if you got canner on your bench we saw what he did in the playoffs with portland he can be a very good contributor in the right situation right yeah i mean he played really great in portland in that playoff run and on top of that i just don't know what the con- like you said the contract I, what what would the contract look like cuz you're not going to pay him a bunch of money to come off your bench i can i can't see that happening i could be wrong i've been wrong before but i, I can't see that happening do you no i I'd, I'd hope not i'd hope the bulls are smart enough but then it kind of comes down to what what are they going to spend big on or are they going to spend like 8 mil on three different players i'm kind of scared for them to sign a wing i want Danny Green, but I really think that Hutch is going to take a step, and I don't want to sign a veteran like Danny Green at the same time that you, you're you going to have to play. You're not going to let Danny Green sit on the bench. Yeah, no, absolutely. So you're saying that you wouldn't want to bring Danny Green in because you're optimistic that Chandler Hutchinson's going to become a player that is going to become a part of your rotation. Exactly, and I, don't, I wouldn't want to cut the legs off that before it even gets a chance, but at the same time, I couldn't be mad if we got Danny Green because it would be a very good upgrade to what we currently have. I agree with that. I agree with that wholeheartedly. And the thing about Hutchinson I liked last year about him is his baseline footwork. You know, he did really, really well with that all last year. He seemed to have a knack to get to the ball. And, you know, defensively, he's long and he's disruptive. So there's a lot of high upsides about Chandler Hutchinson that I'm looking forward to. Unfortunately, his season was cut short due to injury. But um, I think the Bulls need to be – I just don't want to overpay. And, and obviously, it's not my money. So, I mean, who am I to say anything? But I just don't want them to overpay. Because you're seeing, like, people like Julius Randle popping up in trade rumors – or, I'm sorry, in uh, in rumors to be signed by us. And you know he's going to – he, you know he's going to command a lot of money. And I just don't understand that. Well, you he's going to but... try to command a lot of money. He tried that last year and ended up with an $18 million two-year deal with a nine-year player option this year that he opted out of. Obviously, he had a great season for the Pelicans. He's looking to cash in again. Uh, and he's another guy, I wouldn't be mad at the signing, depending on the price tag, but where is he going to play? He doesn't want to come off the bench. He's not going to back up Lowry forever. He doesn't want to be Wendell Carter Jr.'s backup. I just don't. I don't see the fit there. I think he's going to be just as interested in the number uh, in regards to how much money he's going to get as he is to the number of minutes that he's going to play and his role. Um, so I don't think that Randall makes sense for the Bulls, but he's a good player, so adding him to your roster wouldn't be a bad thing. So I don't know. I, I'm I'm torn. I kind of My biggest thing is I want that bet. I, I, I would like done. to add Beverly as well. I, I really would like to add Beverly or even a Corey. I, I would like Corey Joseph too. A lot of people aren't talking about him, but I like Corey Joseph. I think he's a good player. But 
I, man, this free agency is so weird because I don't know where they're going to go and how they're going to do things. I, I've i seen rumors about Derrick Rose going to L.A. I can't see him. I Do you think I, I, we have to bring him up? We have to. He's a Chicago guy. We have to bring it up. I'm just talking about it. Whatever. Do you think Derrick Rose is going to Lakers? No, we saw how that went in Cleveland. That's what he I mean. Like that's shipped out of there. Like I, I can't imagine that his feelings towards LeBron are, I mean, better now just because he had a good season. I'm sure LeBron's intrigued to get him on a veteran, you know, minimum or something cheap. But Rose isn't looking for that either. I think he's gonna go to who's gonna pay him the most. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they did open up a max slot over there in LA too by Anthony Davis waving his four million dollar trade kicker. Correct. Uh, that and giving up, uh, Mo Wagner and Isaac Bonga and somebody else right. for a conditional second in cash. They ultimately just gave him a way to open up the cap space. But, so, I mean, yeah. I, I wonder who the, who the guy is because Kyrie Irving is, uh, rumored to have a $141 million or four year, $141 million contract on the table or something like that with Brooklyn right now. Kemba Walker is rumored to be talking to Boston. I mean, there's a lot. Of, this free agency is going to be weird. I I feel it because then I saw a report today about Kawhi and Kevin Durant talking about playing together. I mean, this is why the NBA pisses me off sometimes. <laughs> uh, you know, but I I the off season, Keith, is sometimes more entertaining than the season. Well, and that's that's the draw. The NBA usually, except for this little dead period that we had uh, between the finals, the draft, and then the draft to free agency the nba is just a year-round thing we got summer league coming up we got free agency and that all rolls into preseason and then we roll right back into playing basketball so that's what's appealing about the nba but i do think a lot of weird stuff is going to go down um and a lot of it could go down tomorrow most of the big hit heavy hitters are going to get their offers and have an idea of where they want to go fairly quickly um because the teams that are throwing those offers out there their money gets locked up. Right. Uh, so then they can't do anything else until, you know, the offers accepted or declined. So I don't know. I, I kind of hope that the Clippers get Kawhi and maybe they take the risk on KD with his Achilles, give him the max and let him rehab. I really don't want Kawhi in LA. I do think it would be a really cool storyline to have Kawhi and KD against LeBron and AD, the battle for LA. Yeah, that would. Yeah, man, that'd be dope. That'd be dope. That'd be a good storyline for the NBA. Um, I think LeBron would end up losing that battle too, so that 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 part makes me happy. Um, <laughs> yeah, I I man, Anthony Davis, LeBron James, and then whoever they add. And I had thought Kemba. I I think Kemba would be really you know do real well with LeBron and. Uh, AD if they do add another max you know free agent over there with the Lakers but man I just I don't know the whole Kawhi to the Clippers thing and the whole Durant rumors and I'm I will say one thing about that I am very happy that if Kawhi leaves Eastern Conference I'm super stoked about that no that that pretty much just leaves Giannis in the way of things right Giannis and then I mean I guess what Embiid and Simmons yeah and maybe they keep Butler. I find it hard to believe that Butler is going to turn down a five-year contract. I think if you think he, he stays does, in Philly, I think he either stays in Philly or he's part of a sign-in trade because he's going to want that fifth year, and I think that fifth year is more valuable to him than moving elsewhere. 
if he can stay on a contender and get five years guaranteed of max money at his age, I think that's what he's looking for. So it's going to be a sign and trade with the Rockets, or it's going to be he's staying in Philly. Yeah, I mean that sign and trade with the Rockets. I mean how how weird would that lineup look, huh? Chris Paul, James Harden, Jimmy Butler, Clint Capella. That. And I don't know if they'd even have Capella left. They might have to dump him on somebody to get Jimmy. That's true. Yeah, that's you know, true. They're shopping Eric Gordon and PJ Tucker. Which, oh, that opens up some cash because Eric Gordon has a decent contract, doesn't he? Uh, he's only making like $13 million. So What about P.J. Tucker? What was he bringing in? He's around 8 or 9 So they're not even at max money trading those two. And that uh, moving P.J. Tucker confuses me. I could understand swapping Gordon for Butler. Mm-hmm. But you start getting rid of that much depth and you see how much and how valuable P.J. Tucker was to that team. It just it doesn't make sense to me, and I get they they're staring at a wall and they feel that they got to get over it and they got to do something drastic to do it. But at the same time, it, the only contract that needs to be moved is Chris Paul's, but nobody even wants him for free. Well, like, I mean, honestly, I mean, I wouldn't when that when those rumors about the Bulls broke out, and again, I mean, I love how this is just kind of going everywhere right now. This is like me and you are drinking a beer and just bullshitting. Um, when the rumors about Chris Paul came out, what did you think of that? Because I was. I was devastated and I was sickened if it was true. Do you think that was what, – what is your term that you always use? Uh, smoke and mirrors, right? Or smoke screen? Smoke screen, yeah. Yeah. I, do you think that was smoke screen BS or do you think that was like actually they were looking at that? To me, it had to be a leak from somebody in Houston trying to drum up interest in Chris Paul. Oh, he could pull Lowry Markin in? Oh, let's see what else what, – what that rumor will, you know, get on the phone calls because – that just doesn't make sense to me. The Bulls aren't that damn stupid. I I could understand the fit. Oh, Chris Paul and Zach Levine, and then you got two guards. It's a guard-heavy league, and guards dominate. Big men are somewhat irrelevant. And I just no. I was out. My, my fandom card was in my hand, and it was ready for a wood chipper if that went down because I just I I don't know what I would have done. I would have thrown up. I would have thrown up. If, uh, seriously, if they would have traded Lowry Markkinen for, in a package to to land Chris Paul, that would have that would have really pissed me off. I'm not gonna lie to you, man. I've been pissed. <laughs> I, I I don't know if I would have been able. And I I pride myself, man, on being a huge diehard Bulls fan. I mean, and you've known me for a, a long time now. Like I I'll stick by this team. I'll do whatever I can. When they make mistakes, don't get me wrong. I'll criticize. No doubt about it. If they make mistakes in my mind, I'll criticize. But if they would have done that. I would have lost my. I would have lost it. I am invested into Lowry Market and Wendell Carter Jr. as the front court of the future. I really think those guys are going to play well together, and I really think they're going to be an issue. And to bring an over the hill point guard in who seems to have an attitude problem, that would have killed me. Would have absolutely killed me. And I, I don't know if I would have been able to even watch him in a Bulls uniform. Making forty million dollars a year. That makes me sick to my stomach, dude. That no, makes yeah. me sick to my I, stomach. I can't believe the genius Daryl Morey was that dumb. To, to pay him that much money that long. Star like, power, man. Star power does, you know, I, maybe that was it. I don't know. Because, I mean, I would. I never really saw, I mean, don't get me wrong. Chris Paul is probably, I think he makes a Hall of Fame. I think he might be a Hall of Famer. But for that kind of money, you better be winning me ball games when it counts. And that's that's my whole thing. And Chris Paul just, I, he never, 
I never feel like he's never like risen to that occasion. You know what I mean? Like I just feel like he's never been able to do that. And I understand basketball is a team sport. There's just something about him out of that little banana boat club. Him and Carmelo just couldn't get over that hump. No, yeah. I mean, CP3 is definitely a known choker. And outside of being a choker, he just has horrible injury luck. And at this point, I don't. I don't know how many games he's going to play in a season, uh, let alone next season, the, the seasons preceding that. Like, is he even going to play? Is he just going to sit on a bench for one of those years that he's making $40 million? Like, at what point is Chris Paul just not going to play basketball but still make $40 million to sit on a bench? You see what – you see what – I'm irritated now. I'm sorry, man. I Look, I just saw this, and I just missed this. I didn't realize that Terry Rozier was an unrestricted free agent now because the Celtics renounced the rights to him. Yep, they renounced his rights. So that happened today, correct? Correct. Okay, cool. That's why I was at the game. I was at the Sox game today. That's why I missed that. I don't think he would want to come here and be a backup like we were saying earlier. Well, no, you're you're offering him the starting job. Right. He just went through a whole season of sitting behind Kyrie Irving and feeling like he got screwed because him, Tatum, and Brown made – the Eastern Conference Finals without Kyrie. Right. And Kyrie came back, and they were supposed to win a championship, and the opposite happened. So, like I said, and Rozier is too much of a done light for me to think about paying him, you know, $15 million anywhere in that ballpark per year because he's going to want a long-term contract too, and that's that's really what I don't want the Bulls doing. I I want them to focus two-year, maybe if you have to give Pat Beverly the third year just because I think that you'll be able to move him um, or give him the third year with a team option that's partially guaranteed, and then he gets $3 million, whatever, to go find a new team and get a new contract to add on top of that $3 million. And maybe he can get up to his original contract that he had for that year. But short-term commitments, uh, ideally for me, I want the Bulls to land Pat Bev and then see who falls through the cracks in terms of a wing shooter and a big man. So do you but think I, maybe would, would your ideal because like this is my ideal free agency to kind of round out the bench and round out and maybe Kobe White doesn't start at first maybe it is Pat Bev right so I mean and I'm fine with that I'm fine with that but um I would really like to see the Bulls land a Pat Bev and maybe a Taj Gibson two veteran guys that are still effective in today's NBA to help kind of mold and guide the younger guys on the squad and I understand that Zach Levine's been in, in the league for a while like that was an argument. One of our friends on Twitter, who I'm sure probably won't listen to this at all, but one of our friends on Twitter had dropped, by I, I think you know by fr- like friends, I'm being sarcastic as hell, stating that, um, oh, well, Otto Porter Jr.'s been in the league for this long, or Zach Levine's been in the league you know, for this long. We have veterans. Like, no, they're still young, and they've missed time with injuries. Having veteran leadership, I do think, is important. And that's my opinion. And my whole... Outlook on it changed when Rajon Rondo. Remember uh, when Rondo was with us and he dropped that um, that Instagram post and he said my vets and he kept saying that like his vets really did impact his career. That's yeah. that's Bob, why Kevin Garnett. Yeah, like Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, and Ray Allen. Obviously, those guys are Hall of Famers, but like his vets, like he really took that seriously. So in my mind. Pat Bev, Taj Gibson would be would be great opening up free agency and and don't get me wrong like for everybody listening to this we are going to be doing more of these during free agency when people sign 
when the Bulls don't get somebody or if they do get somebody. But I mean, right now, if I can, if we know we can get, I can get Pat Bevatage Gibson and maybe another shooter somewhere, guy who can hit the three, I'd be happy with that. No, uh, I think we're on the exact same page there. Those are the two names that I want. I don't even care who the shooter is. It's Wayne Ellington. Yeah, Wayne or- Ellington would be. You know what? That's actually uh, an under, that's like a really good underground pick right there, man. Like Wayne Ellington would be a really good pick to get. So I think those two names plus any extra shooting to add to the bench is what we need. We just need veteran presence. We have the young talent. We need to let them grow. And I think that Pat Beverly and Taj Gibson are the two perfect veterans to do that. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. And I would I would really love to see that happen. I can't wait for the day that we argue because that's going to be fun. But I think we're on the same course right now as what we want this franchise to be. We see that there's potential there, man. We both see it. And I I just want this team to be continue to build organically. They're young. Get some of those veterans in there and make some things happen. And again, like why I said I hope Kaiwee Kai uh, Kaiwee, I'm sorry. Kawhi. I, I merged Kai, Kyrie and Kawhi there. Kaiwee. Kaiwee. Uh, Kaiwee. <laughs> uh, I really hope Kawhi does leave the East. And, you know, just goes. And then you really have two teams that are at, at the, t- you know, the upper echelon. You know what I mean? Because I think the Bulls are going to be sneaky. And I think if they add those couple pieces they're gonna, and they stay healthy, they're going to be very good. And I'm, I'm, I'm all for it, man. I'm, I'm right here. I am right here, and I cannot wait. And I see the potential in this squad. And I'm ready. I, I'm ready for July 1st. Tomorrow at midnight. This starts. No, am- tomorrow... Tomorrow at 6 p.m. Oh, 6 p.m.? Yeah, they changed the midnight deadline. It's no longer you have to stay up and wait until the wee hours of the morning. Damn, dude, dude, how many years in a row did we do that together? (laughs) Stayed up all night. Like, just, I remember texting you and be like, dude, did you hear anything yet? And you're like, no, did you? I'm like, no. (laughs) No, yeah. So, unfortunately, I'm probably going to be at work. Um, I got you, man. So I'll I'll have to be uh, sneaking my phone out of my pocket to see what the hell's going on. But yeah, tomorrow, 6 p.m. Eastern, beginning of free agency. No free agents can actually sign their contract until July 6th. Um, but it's pretty much done deal at that point. Man, so if you got to make one before we before we let everybody go here and we wrap up episode two, which has been fun as hell. Pull, bold prediction, free agency wise that you might see happening like and not just for the bulls we already gave our bulls wants anywhere in free agency now that this episode is probably going to be dropping tomorrow before 6 p.m and then hopefully you know people listen to it throughout the week during free as free agency goes on what is like a bold prediction that you have that's going to be the you know breaking news that starts free agency off i think Kyrie's going to go to brooklyn and then the interesting thing will be to see where D'Angelo Russell lands. Uh, I, I know Suns fans are craving for it. I know Timberwolves fans are trying to figure out a sign-and-trade that they can do with Wiggins, which is just hilarious. Ain't nobody want Wiggins. Um, but, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's their do, trade tip. Do you remember when people were saying they were pissed off because when the Bulls trade Jimmy Butler, they didn't bring back Andrew Wiggins? How do you feel now? <laughs> oh, yeah. there, was, there, there was a lot of Wiggins or no deal stuff yep. going on there. and uh, My, how the tables have turned. The, now we got the better player in Levine on a better contract, and uh, everything's 
looking up. I don't, I don't want to know what things would look like right now if we got Wiggins. Because they probably would have... I mean, I already know everybody hates Dunn at this point. <laughs> but we probably... I mean, Lowry and Wiggins, that would be all right. But I think Levine, Dunn, and Lowry is a lot better. But who knows? They might not even wanted to give up seven. At the time, Wiggins was considered to still be Maple Jordan and all this. And instead, he's like Maple... I don't know, Ben Gordon or... Luke Longley. No. I'm joking, I'm joking, I'm joking. No, he's he's just been, he's been, he has not been what people thought he that he was going to be. And I'm I'm very glad the Bulls didn't pull the trigger on that. He never, like, developed his he frame. He promised Tom Thibodeau that he would work and actually try to get his contract. If you have to look somebody in the face and say, you promise me that you're going to work after we give you $150 million... You don't give him $150 million. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I agree with that. But Okay, so one more thing. I know we're getting ready to go, but this whole Brooklyn thing, wasn't there the rumor that Kyrie and Jimmy Butler wanted to play together? Kyrie and Jimmy Butler were rumored together, and then they had that video of Kyrie and KD in the back room, and you could kind of see Kyrie mouthing they have two slots. And, and that was rumored to be the Knicks. Uh, well, that was rumored to be the Knicks, but at the same time, the Nets were making space, and a lot of people, similar to the KD and Kawhi going to L.A., you'd have, you know, uh, the underclassmen of the big city in New York with Brooklyn taking over the spotlight, the same way that you'd have the Clippers doing it in L.A., and I think either of those storylines would be interesting, um, so no, I mean, but Kyrie and Jimmy would be all right, I I really don't know what Jimmy's going to do. I know he wants five years, and Philly's the only team that can give that to him. I don't know if he's going to stay there, if they're going to sign and trade him, but that might be the wild card of free agency. Yeah, yeah. My bold prediction is that Kawhi spurns us all, and just because of my luck, he stays in the Eastern Conference and stays with Toronto. Uh, I'd, I'd be better with that than him going to L.A. That... Well, would you really? I, I cannot – Kawhi, LeBron, and AD all on the same oh, team. Oh, no, I, I thought you meant the Clippers. Okay, oh, no, bad. the Clippers. I'm all for going for him going yeah. to the Clippers. I want him to be the – kill all LeBron's hopes and dreams right in his same stadium. That would make everything perfect for me. Uh, <laughs> but if he goes to the Lakers, I might have to cry. And I'm going to lose every bit of respect that I've gained for Kawhi throughout his career and being the dynasty killer – you're going to pull, like, a Michelle Beadle on him? Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, I think he stays with Toronto because I just feel like that's just another hurdle the Bulls are going to have to make. Um, but, no, I, I, I feel like that city just really rallied around him. And, obviously, I mean, rightfully so, right? Dude was a badass. <laughs> you know, no one can d- dismiss that fact. Um, but I, I think that that's some big news is that you're going to see some sort of report that this dude decides to stay with the Toronto Raptors and Kyle Lowry and, and, you know, Siakam and all that. And, you know, they keep competing in the East and doing what they do. So that's my bold prediction. As far as uh, the Lakers go, I, I, I'm just really, I mean, I'm really wondering about Kyrie. Cause I remember he was talking to LeBron. You remember that and earlier in the year too, I was wondering if LeBron coaxed him back into maybe, Oh yeah, come to LA, you know, we're going to have AD Kyrie, LeBron and AD would be pretty scary. You know, that'd be a scary combo. I mean, Kyrie's a weird dude, but I don't know many people that could swallow their pride to the point of 
admitting they were that wrong to where you run back to the person that people like to come like ask, well, was LeBron a father figure to you? No, I have my father. Why are you asking me if LeBron's my daddy? Like, <laughs> no. So I can't see him running back to LeBron, but at the same time, he is a weird dude, so nobody knows what the hell Kyrie's thinking. I wonder if reporters asked LeBron if Delonte West was his daddy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. All right, so we're going to end it off on that note. Uh, be sure you're going to ontapsportsnet.com for all your Chicago sports literature needs. Keith, tell everybody where they can find you on Twitter. Uh, at Bulls Scripted. If you're listening, you probably know that by now. Uh, until next time, crack them. Yep, hashtag crack them. You can follow me at Buzz on Tap, and more importantly, follow this podcast at Bulls on Tap. We are now on iTunes. We're on every major podcasting platform we could be on. We finally got on everything. So episode two is going straight to uh, iTunes if you decide to listen there, Google Podcasts if you decide to listen there, and a bunch of other websites in general, Anchor, Spotify, Radio Public. We're all over the place. So like I said, be sure you're checking out ontapsportsnet.com. Crack them, and we'll be back with episode three here probably next week to uh, discuss what happens in free agency. Have a good one.